Hey folks, how's it going? Hope you're all doing great. Today I will be talking about privacy coins or privacy cryptocurrencies. I prefer calling them tokens and not cryptocurrencies. Today's agenda is going to revolve around these three high-level topics. The first topic is tokens, fiat, crypto, electronic currencies. Second item is privacy and anonymity, aka fungibility. And the last topic is going to be showing you some of the privacy tokens that are around. So the idea of tokens is not new. It has existed for a while, only that uh, the tokens that we have been using um, have had a certain value within the confines of the business or the area that we were in. Let's say you went to a fair, you uh, paid your entry fees, and then you got yourself some tokens. And whenever you wanted to uh, go for a ride or something, you paid those tokens and you got the ride or whatever you wanted. Um, and if you left the fair uh, with some tokens in your pocket, those tokens were pretty much worthless. Um, you could not sell them to anybody. Um, and same thing goes for casino tokens. Um, only difference is that casinos are, are there and uh, if you bring some tokens with you, you can go back again a few um, days, weeks, months later and use the same tokens. That is if the tokens have not been uh, changed by the casino. Um, the good thing about the casino tokens is that they always retain their value. So if you bought a $10 chip, it's going to be worth $10. If you buy it for $5, then it's $5 or $100 and so on. So the value does not fluctuate that often. Um, but with um, cryptocurrencies, the issue is the value keeps on, on changing and it is pretty difficult to um, use them as a store of value. There are some other currencies available, um, not some, just one for now. Um, it is called Tether, uh, which is not exactly the same conversion rate as the US dollar, but it is tied to the US dollar. We have been using electronic money for a while now, uh, even without thinking about it. So ever since the uh, credit cards and debit cards uh, came into existence, uh, since in the late 70s, early 80s, um, for any goods or services that you purchased, you um, paid them with your debit card or credit card. Um, hence, it was electronic money um, in my eyes and you didn't need to carry cash with you. Um, and you know, when, and, and the way it happens is you pay for it and everything happens in the background. Somebody takes care of it, all that, all those transfers between um, you and the merchant and, and, and so on. Um, the, the one thing that um, the electronic money, as I'm calling it, has introduced is the ability to track people's activities, their spending activities. Prior to debit cards and credit cards, the only way to track people's spending activities was via their bank accounts and checks. Although checks are less prevalent now, as electronic funds transfer mechanisms have taken hold. Bitcoin was uh, was an experiment um, 
in terms of um, creating an electronic payment instrument where there was no central body controlling it. So what that means is every time you use a Visa or a MasterCard or any of the credit cards, it goes through that card um, owners, card issuers um, network. So when that happens, the card issuer um, uh, takes some money from from the from different parties involved in in the transaction. So in a typical credit card transaction, the the merchant pays certain amount of money to the payment processor. They've been pro the payment processor has a relationship with the card brand. So the card brand charges the payment processor some percentage for their services and then the um, card processor then settles the, the payment with the merchant. And in this whole thing, the customer doesn't have to pay anything. So that's a convenience to the customer. But there are also cards which charge you some, that, that provide you some premium services um, and, um, and they charge you for, for that, that particular activity. So like I said, Bitcoin was a, pretty much an experiment. So Bitcoin was an experiment um, and, and the idea was um, there would be no central body controlling it. Everything would happen peer to peer. So when I send you some Bitcoin, it would come to you without um, anybody charging any any extra money in between. Um, but the whole issue with that was as um, as the number of transactions grew on the um, Bitcoin network, the um, the charges for transferring Bitcoin. Um, became higher and higher and that very idea of using it as a uh, payment instrument that use case did not work because if you had to transfer um, small amounts of Bitcoin um, the transaction charges would be so high that there was no point uh, sending a, a micro payment to somebody um, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with in um, a company that came out a few years back it was called change tip and the business model for them was uh, you could um, include a button on your uh, website your blog um, and it allowed people to uh, send you tips if they liked your article or your your post or something like that and one of the reasons for them um, going bankrupt or closing shop was because uh, the transaction um, cost for a Bitcoin started uh, skyrocketing at and um, at one point in um, 2017 I remember when I had to transfer some um, some of my my Bitcoin it cost me about 40 US dollars per uh, per Bitcoin uh, for the transaction um, so that's how it went that's how that's how high it went I'm sorry um, so that pretty much, um, you know, 
stopped the use case for Bitcoin um, in terms of using it for everyday um, spending usage uh, because the transaction costs are going to be so high. So next comes the idea of privacy and anonymity and fungibility. So right now when you when you spend a $100 bill or $50 bill, you don't really care where that money came from. So um, you went, let's say you went to the bank teller, you got a $100 bill, um, you spent it somewhere and in return you got some, some 20s and some 5s. Um, but you don't really care where those 20s and 5s came from. But the, what you care about is the, the value of those 20s and 5s remains the same. Um, with you and, and when you give it to somebody somebody's gonna accept it as well with that face value um, with the advent of Bitcoin the issue that came about was because it was using a a, a ledger uh, because blockchain is pretty much a ledger it it you were able to track the a typical coin from who's used it when was it used um, um, so, so that means that if somebody knew the public address of the entity who was using it and that entity happened to be some fraudulent organization or some, uh, yeah, so some fraudulent organization, then you could because you, you in your mind know that that particular coin has been used for fraudulent activities, you could deny it. Um, and, and here comes that idea of fungibility where people are able to track track the the money and that fungibility becomes an issue that you know the values doesn't remain the same because um, and this this was something that, that started getting practiced by some Bitcoin exchanges they said if, if this um, this token was used in in, in certain ex other exchanges which were a bit shady they were not going to accept those um, and, and this was again an issue well, with, with the spenders of, of um, users of, of the crypto. So in order to address this, ideas that, that came about that, that said, um, we are going to create a version of tokens which you are not going to be able to, to track to where where it was used when it was used and how it was used because right now we would do with, with bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies um you can if, if they know if if you know my public um, address then you can pretty much go through the uh, the blockchain explorer and find out uh, where i'm spending it who sent uh, money and how much money was sent to this public address and where did this public address then send that money onwards to? And likewise, if you if you went about um, putting names to all all the public addresses, then you would know who transferred money to who and how much. And then you could easily also figure out what is a wallet, where is it sitting, and um, uh, how what, how much money is sitting in that in that particular wallet. So in order to address this, this particular issue, 
of making things untraceable, not because of any malicious reasons, just to implement the um, fiat use case where you know you don't really care where that $50 bill or a $5 bill or $1 bill came from. It is a $1 bill to you and that's what that's the amount of it is worth when you give it to somebody and they will easily accept it without even keeping a track of it, right? As you can see on the slide, I have uh, put together a list of some of the uh, privacy tokens that are out there um, and that I've uh, searched to, to the web and did some research on them. And they are uh, sorted in uh, a chronological order uh, from when they were founded. Um, as you can see, um, there has always been this requirement for um, uh, anonymity and the fungibility issue. Um, so Bitcoin was the very first one that came out uh, to address the gaps that uh, Bitcoin was not addressing. Um, and Bitcoin was one of those, as you can see, um, it, it was a, a blockchain that was not forked from anything. It was a brand new blockchain that they came up with. Um, and, um, and then a few years after Bitcoin was uh, created, Monero came along. And Monero um, is pretty famous these years as well. A lot of people use Monero um, and Dash. Um, Verge is not that famous, neither is Pivx. Um, uh, Zcash, uh, predominantly the, the market is dominated by Monero, Dash, and uh, uh, Zcash. But as you can see, there there is uh, there are multiple teams um, trying to uh, win the piece of the pie on this uh, privacy market, and if uh, and if people want to adopt these, they're more than welcome and they have their own implementations, they have their own issues and, and quirks. Um, um, for instance, uh, Monero uh, does not offer a, any other options of uh, sending um, the tokens on its network. There are always, um, privacy is, is already always enabled. Um, Verge gives you um, an option, um, Dash does as well, um, Pivx, um, because it's a, a fork off of Dash, it does offer um, the ability to um, do instant send just like Dash can, where if you wanted to do a transaction um, which required a quick um, uh, confirmation, then you could use SwiftX for PIVX and um, Instant Send for Dash. Um, and moving right along, uh, Zcash, which is a, a fork off of Bitcoin. So Bit, uh, Zcash, again, is one of those where um, it is trying to improve on, on Bitcoin, the security of Bitcoin, um, and it's using different algorithms. Um, then came Z Classic, Zcash, Deep Onion, which is running off of the Tor network. Uh, Deep Onion is is not 
um, doing an ICO as such. They're doing airdrops, uh, as they call it uh, nowadays, um, in the ICO world, um, which is distributing tokens for free. Um, and the and the latest um, uh, attempt at the privacy token is the Bitcoin Private, um, which came out second um, of March twenty eighteen. So the fork happened on the 2nd of March. So it's pretty new. Um, let's see which, which one wins. Uh, it all depends on the, the ease of use, the usability of, of the token, its acceptance in, in the different um, um, ecosystems. About your privacy, you know, where your money goes or who can see it. Keep continue using whatever um, medium of exchange you wish to use you can use you know ethereum bitcoin blockchain or whatever right uh, but if you are privacy conscious then you know you, you have a solution available to you to use um, and um, you know every solution has its ups and downs um, pros and cons um, it's, it's pretty much up to you as to what do you feel comfortable with and before you start using a typical token or a particular token, make sure you do your research and, and understand how it works, which kind of wallets does it support, um, does it have a mobile wallet uh, for you to use, where does it get accepted. Um, so, so those are some of the considerations I would think one would, one would um, uh, have. Um, at least that's what I, I would look at. Like uh, The ease of use at this point in time is, is the most important how easy it is to use this token um, and, um, and, and the portability itself as well because um, I don't want a wallet that I can only use on my um, mobile phone. Um, I want something that I can use on my mobile, on my desktop um, and through an application as well. And one name that comes to my mind right now is, is the Jax wallet. Um, and the reason Jax is coming to to my mind is um, um, I was at a an event on Friday um, by some young entrepreneurs, um, the Generation Z as they call themselves, um, and um, Anthony Diorio, one of the co-founders of Ethereum, Ethereum was there as well, and he has just come up with this with his wallet. Uh, he came up with this wallet, Jax, sometime last year which is one of those where, you know, it, it runs on, on different platforms and, um, and supports a, a whole bunch of, of cryptocurrencies. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if Jax right now supports all these privacy tokens too, but you know, I just thought I'd throw that in there. Uh, so look for a wallet that, that, I, that is cross platform and, and it's easy to use. So, um, folks, hope you found this discussion um, uh, informative. Um, I know in this table that I'm showing, um, some fields are blank, and and this is my um, this is something I'm developing on my own. I have a whole um, Excel file at this point of time, which I will later convert into some kind of a um, searchable uh, repository. And put it on the web where you could find out lots of technical information about about some uh, about 
most of the cryptocurrencies. So this is my Skunk Works project, which is uh, in progress at this point of time. Uh, with that, folks, um, I hope um, you um, this this talk was informative. Um, again, uh, thank you for your time. As usual, if you like the content, please share it in your network, uh, subscribe it, and show your appreciation via the mechanisms you have at your disposal in your social network. So, if you're using Facebook, you know, like it. If you're if you're you um, if you're using SoundCloud, you know, uh, use their mechanisms. If you're listening to it on uh, TuneIn, whatever mechanism they have, do that. Um, uh, or if you're on YouTube, you know, um, like it, uh, provide your comments. Um, and especially on YouTube, um, if you like the content, please subscribe to my channel by hitting the, the, the bell button. Um, and uh, when you hit the bell button, you will also be notified of, of any new um, posts that I may have. With that, um, thank you very much. Hope you have a nice day. Bye-bye.